Alright, welcome everyone to Pen Pen Pals for our third installment of Madoka Magica. I'm Alex. Hey, and it's Ben, and uh, we're missing Blixa today. So yeah, but uh, to cover for her, we have a new, a very informed guest on the series. Please, everybody, welcome Tyler. Uh, hello, I'm I'm Tyler Vincent. I've been a Madoka fan since it, the original like airing of the series. So oh wow, and I I just want to give you props. Uh, your Zoom background right now is the uh, the top of the school kind of uh, cathedral background. Yeah, which I think our previous guest was telling us this is not the one from the show, but the fence is more elaborate. So this is from one of the movies or something like that. Uh, no, every every re-release of the series on like DVD or Blu-ray, every new run of it, they make the fence more ornate. They go back and edit the original <laughs> animation. I'm not joking. It is actually what they do. <laughs> gotcha. So I thought it was just in the newer installments, but it's even just in re-releases of like the original yes. show. They do that. Huh. Yeah. Um, and you have a themed shirt too, yes. with uh, uh, <laughs> at least the four main magical girls on it. It looks like everyone, but my favorite character. Yes. Oh, okay. Wait, which one is your favorite? Uh, Kyoko. So she is not on the shirt. I cannot find a shirt with her on it because they don't ship them over here. Because Kyoko is popular in Japan. Mm. And and so so you were saying you've you've been watching it since the release. Did you try to kind of stay current with uh, anime as it's being released, or is this one that you just happened to catch as it was coming out? I stay pretty current as best as I can. I I was I will admit I did not get into this one until like five episodes had been released. Okay. I watched the first episode because of peer pressure, and that <laughs> same day watched episodes two through five. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's pretty easy to binge. Um, it is it is a bit of a willpower struggle when we get off of this not to just immediately yeah, watch the yeah. next two because. You know, it, it, it's got twists, it's got reveals. And so it does make it just like, oh, my curiosity brain is, you know, like going overdrive. Yeah. So I guess so now, Alex, you've watched up through episode six. Um, so you've Correct. seen the two episodes we're covering today, five and six. Um, mm -hmm. I've only seen through one and four. So I'll have kind of my uh, live reactions as we go today. Um, and I'm assuming you've seen the series many times, Tyler. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it w one of your favorite series, would you say? Uh, it is my favorite series, definitely. Okay. Top one. Uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So I, I imagine it influenced you a lot when it came out. Like, uh, are there specific ways that it's influenced your life? Or are there other anime series that were really formative to you? This is probably the biggest one other than like the series that got me into anime originally. And, but this one is one that has really stuck with me. And about every year or every other year, I'll watch the series through in its entirety at least once, including the movie. Like I own the DVDs for it, even though like nobody watches things on DVD anymore. <laughs> this series right. came out in like 2011. So you got to get those ornate fences though. You know, you can't get that yeah. if you watch it online. So, <laughs> um, I was going to ask, what, so what's the series that got you started on anime? Uh, Shaman King, of all things. So, huh. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Uh, it's Shonen Jump from like 2001, I think. Okay. The original release of it, they did a re-release like last year. The original release of it is very different, but I think this is one of those times where the original is just better. Hmm. Okay, yeah. What? Why do you say the uh, it's better? There's a point where the original series got ahead of the manga and had to make some assumptions. Ah. And the assumptions the original one made were better than the actual things that the manga did at the end. <laughs> That, yeah, I feel like that is a sort of unusual situation. I feel like I've oh, yeah. watched a lot of TV shows where it's like, I don't know, like maybe Game of Thrones is a good example where kind of once they got past where the novels had gone, it really uh, took a turn for the worst. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, should we should we get started with episode five? Yeah. Yeah. Let me do this uh, last time on and then uh, we can do it. OK, cool. Last time on The Trouble with Tomoe, Sayaka liked a boy, a violinist in fact, who had lost his motor skills and his human decency. 
Mommy welcomed Madoka and Sayaka to her sweet bachelor pad and explained that she made her wish while fearing for her life in a car accident. Late at night, Madoka helped her mother into bed when she came home blitzed from a company happy hour. The next day, a grief seed was discovered near the hospital. Mommy and Homura showed up separately to confront the danger. Homura cautioned Mommy, but Mommy chained her up and walked off to get decapitated on her own. Shaken by her friend's death, Madoka got cold feet about becoming a magical girl, while Sayaka seemed to have the opposite motivation. She spent more time with her crush, who took out his hurt and frustration on her. Madoka found their muggle friend Hitomi marked by a witch's kiss and on her way to a suicide cult. Madoka saved everyone from deadly chlorine gas, but trapped herself in a closet with this next torturous antagonist. Just before Madoka was pushed to the wishing edge, Sayaka appeared, having already signed the contract. Sayaka ended the virtual Vavitch quickly just before we got a new girl in town. What do these witches want besides bloodshed? How does Kyubei benefit from bringing burdens onto these young girls? Was Sayaka's wish to heal her crush worth it? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've heard Vivitch before. From the Netflix movie, right? Yeah, it's like a period piece horror film. I, I started watching it once. Um, I, I hear it's very good, but I was not in the right mindset when I started watching it, so I gave up. Did you watch The Norseman, Alex? No. Oh, is that his next film? Yeah, it's the same director. I think he did The Lighthouse after that and then Norseman. But Norseman, it's like a very literal adaptation of this like Norse myth, so might be of interest. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's sort of, it's like one of those ones where, you know, like this guy has to get like a magic sword and slay, like it's it's the myth that uh, Hamlet is based off of. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, that sounds awesome. All right, I'll do a countdown, three, two, one. We can all hit play together. All right. Uh, three, two, one, play. <laughs> Sayaka's already a little big for her britches. Oh, yeah. She kind of started that way, though. Mm, okay, yeah, you're right. In episode two, she brings a baseball bat to go hunt witches and goes, this is a good idea, right? <laughs> Which I think it was. I, it does end up paying off. So, so the person at the end there that said there's no need for that, that was Homura? Yeah. And then she sort of jumps in and does the hair flick again. <laughs> yeah, you know, just uh, it's her brand. I I do think Homer is my favorite. Thinking okay, about it too. in that episode, she's just she's like the badass, the voice of reason. Yeah, and she even says like, "Whose side?" Are oh, maybe that's coming up. But she yeah. says something about like, "Whose side are you on?" And Homer says like, "I'm on the side of people who think rationally. Like I'm <laughs> I'm not picking witches or Cube or me or you or whatever. Like whoever's making the most sense at the time, that's who I'm gonna side with." Uh, do you do you mind if I talk about like one of the side mangas a little bit? It doesn't spoil anything for this. Yeah, that yeah, that does bother me. Yeah, it informs this episode, do you think? Yeah. Uh well, specifically why that fight happens the way it does. Kyoko is prepared to just walk away from Sayaka when mm -hmm. Sayaka implies that Mami Tomoe is dead because of someone like her. Mm -hmm. Sets Kyoko off because Kyoko Kyoko was mentored by Mami in the same way that Sayaka was. Mm. Oh. And they had a falling out, but Kyoko never stopped never started hating mommy and and so Kyoko's the red-haired one the that's red always one. eating gotcha yes mm -hmm. gives me kind of asuka from uh neon genesis <laughs> vibes or maybe even uh of course this came first but i feel like a similar character to zero two from uh darling in the franks she's even got the fangs and the red coloring mm. there is a similarity there but they are that way for very different reasons hmm yeah, I would believe it. But yeah, uh, so they, they start trying to kill each other because Sayaka says, you know, you're the reason she's dead. And Kyoko mm -hmm. resents that remark because they were friends. Mm -hmm. All right. So so episode five, I guess the title, there's no way I'll ever regret it. Mm -hmm. mm. And so we get sort of, I feel like the first half of the episode is very like optimistic uh Sayaka's on her high horse or riding high off of becoming a magical girl saving their friend Hitomi and uh 
getting, you know, using her wish to get Kyosuke back his ability to to play violin. And then at the end of the episode, we realize like it's a harsh world out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's more to to being a, a magical girl than than we realized. Yeah. And I, I liked that twist of sort of like we need witches to survive. And that means mm-hmm. witches have to like kill people. Yeah. I was not expecting that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's her name? Kyoko. She talks about the food chain. She's like, haven't Mm -hmm. you ever heard of the food chain? You should have learned that in school. I'm like, oh, they're different, you know, rungs on this food chain. Like, are humans the lowest? And then witches eat humans and then magical girls eat witches, essentially? Like, yeah. Okay. It it did make me wonder. It's like, oh, where's Cubay on this like food chain? <laughs> like, yeah, how does Cubay factor into all this, this whole system? Yeah, that's a brilliant observation that I think we're gonna get some answers to in the next uh, episode. Yeah, I, I I do love how it starts with that. Um, I hadn't noticed the uh, the elevator imagery that she's mm-hmm. like going up and up and up, and there's this high point for her in the episode where she sees the results of her wish mm-hmm. and it's Kyosuke can already play the violin again. Like it's, you know, it's almost like magic that he's mm. back on his feet. And we end going downstairs into an alley. Yeah. There's this line. He says, it's almost like the car accident I was in was all just a bad dream. Mm-hmm. And it might be nothing, you know, that's a common expression, but this story already has prophetic dreams in it we start out with a dream sequence that's Mm. not quite a dream where maroko is seeing this like vision of the future with homura and kyubei talking to her and then we also had a car accident it's just like you know events echoing Mm -hmm. yeah mommy you know she was in a car accident and was hurt when she made her wish so now i'm wondering like did kyubei cause these car accidents (laughs) is is he like you know master manipulating everything well well, these cars driving four all next to each other seems like a very dangerous driving formation yeah but yeah to to go back yeah there is a lot of kind of like dream imagery or symbolism like so like hitomi you know the excuse for like that cult that i guess they were all in under the the witch's kiss or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, was that they were all sleepwalking and it was some sort of like mass psychosis or something. But but there again, you know, it's just sort of like, oh, yeah, I had this. I fell asleep and this weird stuff happened. And uh, yeah. And she has no memory of I guess she was in the trance or asleep by the time that Sayaka came up and uh, saved everyone. Like, it sounds like she doesn't even know that Madoka was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they just who initially yeah. saved played them. that off. I guess part of being a magical girl is you're not supposed to tell anyone you're a magical girl. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, there is, I guess, I, I didn't notice it before, but there's a lot of conversations happening like about people or around people, but not including them. Like Madoka doesn't go to Homura and say like, hey, let's talk to Sayaka together. I really want you to, you know, reason with her and get her to understand the implications of what she's done. She just goes and talks to Homura about it herself. And then we also had uh, Madoka and Sayaka and Kyubei were all walking and Kyubei starts talking psychically to just Madoka. Hmm. Like Sayaka is not part of the conversation. I didn't notice that. Um, so maybe that's like a theme of this episode is a lot of, uh, uh, you know, clandestine conversations where people are talking around the issue or talking around people and not confronting it. I think that's definitely the case. I think with Sayaka and Homura, the reason Madoka doesn't say let's go talk to Sayaka is because Sayaka already kind of hates Homura. Um, mm. And she kind of does from episode one. Like the, their first moment together is Sayaka going, she's weird and kind of creepy. And she's already made up her mind that she doesn't want to be friends with this person. Yeah. So by this point, when Madoka's like, you're the only one left who can help her. She, I think, knows that Sayaka wouldn't listen anyway. Hmm. Oh, she wouldn't listen to Homura. Okay, yeah. definitely. And and so I guess, you know, from that conversation between Madoka and Kyubei, that Madoka is worried about Sayaka. And so she's just going along in case she needs to use her witch to say, I guess, either could use the wish directly to save Sayaka or just do some wish to become a magical mm. girl and save Sayaka, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
And I, I think she's also kind of looking for an excuse because she mm. was very close in episode three to doing it. And yeah. she regrets not <laughs> saving mommy. <laughs> they keep getting in the nick of time, like at the mm-hmm. end of this one, right? Yeah. She's sitting behind this barrier that Kyoko put up and she's like, oh my gosh, I have to save her. She's about to do it. And then Homura shows up. She's like, oh, that yeah. won't be necessary. Yeah, it's a little bit like Sayaka's living her dream now. And, you know, and I don't think intentionally, but like sort of rubbing it in her face a little bit. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I mean, not not intentionally, but sort of obliviously. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of kind of passive aggressive statements about like, you know, you don't have to feel bad that you're not a magical girl. And you're like, mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> I, I didn't until you said that. But thanks. And and then so, so one of the scenes we haven't talked about yet is the the sort of early scene between Kyubei and um, I uh, keep forgetting her name. Uh, Kyoko? Kyoko, yeah. I, I guess I, I couldn't tell, like, is Kyubei sort of trying to egg on conflict between them? I think so. I think it's all in service of trying to get Madoka to be oh, yeah. a uh, magical girl. Gotcha. So, so that would be, it's like, two steps away in chess like okay if i can get these mm-hmm. two to fight and then i can use that to convince madoka to become a magical girl to save sayaka or something like that yeah this series does a really good job of making kube seem really smart a, a massive jerk but smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah definitely a calculator yeah so this kyoko is very interesting to me this is we got her as a teaser at the end of Mm -hmm. episode four this is the first time we've actually spent any time with her i i do love her transformation like her outfit and Mm. her weapon look really cool right especially it's kind of a trick weapon it Mm -hmm. you know segments itself like one of those ikea lamps you know (laughs) you know those tall room lamps that have the little pieces with the wire in between them oh yeah yeah, so she's really kind of shock tactic. She's imposing from this wonderful outline that Blixa provided us with. Uh, looks like Kyoko can mean, when it's written in kanji, can mean apricot tree. Yes. And her last name is Sakura, which is the name of the, the cherry blossom tree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got two tree names. Uh, yes. I don't know if that means anything yet. So I'll, I will say it doesn't. Um, as far as I can tell, I've watched this series a bunch of times and I've written on this series. Like I presented on this series at um, PAMLA, the Pacific and Modern Languages Association. Oh, cool. As near as I can tell, Kyoko's name doesn't mean anything in particular, Mm -hmm. but there are a million and one different ways to read kanji. So it might just be that there's a way that I'm not aware of and that nobody who's done English scholarship on this has written about well, I can already think that, like, if her names are supposed to be read as the tree names, mm-hmm. then she is steadfast, yes. stubborn, and, like, <laughs> strong, right? Like yeah. trees. Yeah, like going? trees. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that she's your favorite character. Yes. Uh, I know we're going to go into her a little more in the next episode, but are, are, can you tell us a little bit of why she's your favorite character? Or would that go too much into spoilers? Uh, I'll try to phrase it as best I can without going into spoilers. <laughs> So I don't know if you noticed in her confrontation with Sayaka, uh, but the reason that she is confronting Sayaka is because she wants this territory. Mm-hmm. She says, we need to, we eat the grief seeds. We need them. This is now my territory. And she's, she kind of is asserting that like food chain style dominance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she takes a bunch of actions in that scene that seem to contradict it. She smacks Sayaka once and is prepared to leave and walk away. Mm-hmm. It's Sayaka who gets back up and and says, "No, no, let's keep going." She, you know, she's not to be deterred. So it feels like Kyoko is like a bad, a not bad person trying to be a bad person. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm interested in how she compares to Homura because, like Ben, you said maybe Homura is becoming your favorite. I think she's my favorite. And that's because I just hate Kyubei. And Homura <laughs> seems to be the one element that Kyubei isn't playing. Like he even mm-hmm. says, and maybe, you know, maybe that's a ploy too. But he says to Kyoko, like, oh, this other girl, like, I don't even know what she's going to do. I can't yeah. predict it. And is that talking about Homura or talking about Sayaka? Homura. Okay. 
Yeah, and so I I'm interested how uh, Kyoko and Homura will match up. Like, mm. what's similar and different about them? Like, I I didn't think about it, but you you seem I think you're right. Like Kyoko does seem kind of like someone who has fun and mm. has these uh, optimistic childlike qualities, but is fitting her own personality to this magical girl, this this yeah. food chain uh, uh, thought process. Whereas Homura. I hadn't thought about this before, but maybe she really is a bad girl. Hmm. You know, she's got the purple and black coating. She's distant. She's uh, uh, of few words. Um, So maybe she's like someone who's actually suited to be a magical girl without having to change her personality. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, she does seem to to have like a certain like moral. I don't know. Like she seems like very like principled in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess I was going to say one of one of my kind of new predictions for the series is I think uh, like one of the big reveals will be what her wish was. And I think I'm predicting it's going to be a real like tearjerker of a mm. scenario. I think you're right. I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, oh, speaking of predictions, it was an obvious prediction, I felt. But last time I did predict that two of the magical girls will fight. And we got mm. that this time. Nice. So that's cool. <laughs> Uh, well, should we move on to episode six? Yeah. So, Anything else about this episode before we move on, Tyler? Oh, I was just curious what you, if you have a prediction for what Homura's wish was. Oh, gosh. I, yeah, I haven't picked up what it would be. Um, I do think that, like, this is such a kind of great storytelling device mm-hmm. of, like, every new character you introduce as a magical girl has this sort of like secret Mm. and like, you know, this like backstory that will like reveal something about them. Um, And, you know, I trying to think of what it would be that then would reflect, like, I don't know if that kind of reflects the personality she has now, or actually if she was much more innocent when she made this wish and it's sort of like, the monkey paw of it all mm. has made her kind of so like cynical and dark now. So I guess uh, her coloring is gray, right? So if the wish has something to do with, I don't know, like maybe she had some horrible wish where she like wished for someone to die or something like oh. that. Okay. My prediction is going to be is that someone close to Homura either became a magical girl or became a witch. And Homura's wish was to reverse that. Mm. So she kind of took someone else's place, mm. which, of course, you can't tell me if that's right or not. But that, that, <laughs> yeah, that's what tell <laughs> this is where it's good that we don't have your video enabled. So we can't tell if you're making faces <laughs> or something. Yeah, right. no, actually, like. <laughs> um, OK, cool. Uh, so let's start this next one. Oh, but before we start this, we got the circumstances in which mommy made her wish. But did we actually get mommy's wish? Uh, like she was in this car accident. Was the wish just like, I wish not to die? Yes. <laughs> oh, OK. We, right. we learn it from uh, other side material. It, w- it was she didn't want to die. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, and then now we're learning that your wish has something to do with your powers. Mm. Like Sayaka, Kyube uh, yeah, said like, oh, Sayaka wished for someone to be healed. So she heals faster than other magical girls. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like mommy has guns. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> she doesn't actually have guns. She has the ribbons. That's her power. And she turns them <laughs> into guns. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Well, that's that's the last thought I had. So, if we've all got episode six queued up, all right. Do we all have it queued up? Uh, yes. yes. All right. I'll count us in. Three, two, one. Play. I do kind of feel sorry for Sayaka. She just kind of gets owned by everyone. Yeah, she's really she's a pawn in Kyubei's world. Uh, according to series creator Gen Urobuchi, she is the weakest character in the series. Aww. <laughs> so there's a parallel between Madoka and Kyubei. I never thought about it that way before, but mm-hmm. Madoka is cursed with inaction. Yeah. And Kyubei doesn't directly act, right? He's yeah. always manipulating people. And that's kind of the opposite side of that. And the mm-hmm. like they they make a perfect pair. Madoka mm-hmm. can't make the decision and Kyubei wants to manipulate someone into making the decision. Mm-hmm. They, they do have the same coloring. And I think in the intro, her 
magical girl talisman. I think is the same symbol that's on Kubei's back. It's sort of this like red teardrop. Um, is it? I I haven't looked at hers in a while. I think so. I might be wrong. All right. Well, that's a big reveal, right? That's a yeah. a, a rule for being a magical girl that uh, is quite a surprise at this point. So just so everybody's on the same page. And so I understand correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you become a magical girl, your soul gets taken out of your body and placed into the soul gem. Yes. Well, it becomes the soul gem. The soul gem is the soul. Okay. And so your body is no longer a normal human body. Like Kyobe said at the end, they're like, oh, human bodies are too fragile. Like you can't go fighting witches with one of those. That's crazy. But you still have a semblance of a human body that can heal faster. I guess it can channel magical energies better. It's slightly worse than that. Uh, So Mm. it is a normal human body, but because your soul isn't inside it, you can kind of smack it around and you won't die from it because your soul's not in there. You Mm -hmm. can just use magic to artificially patch it up after you abuse it however you want. Mm. And you can use magic to enhance it. You can make it better, but at its basic level, it's still just a human body that you're repairing after the fact. So you're kind of a zombie now. Yeah, that's why um, if you noticed, even in the Japanese dub of it, Kyoko says, you turned us into zombies. Is that what you did? She uses the English word zombie. She doesn't use a Japanese equivalent. How cool. Uh, So one of my favorite series, which I just finished a watch through of, is uh, Steven Universe. And Steven! Uh, It's a similar concept there uh, where the the main characters are all gems and they have, you know, a physical Mm -hmm. gemstone. And then that gemstone, like, creates a construct of a human body essentially and so that's what i was thinking when i first watched this was like oh my gosh their bodies are just constructs now but it's a little different than that yeah but it is similar in that now there's this gem that houses the core of who you are your soul Mm -hmm. so when mommy died i thought just she got decapitated and that killed her but i guess what happened is that the bite from the the uh the witch must have shattered her soul gem yeah because her soul gem is on her hat hmm. okay okay thank you yes so so the other big reveal we get in this episode or possibly big reveal is that Kubey is eating these ripe grief seeds so i guess killing the witches harvesting their grief seeds not only replenishes the energy of the magical girls but i guess uh, presumably Kube as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, is he, is it like sustenance for him or is it like a power thing for him? Like, does he get more powerful the more grief seeds he uh, uh, ingests? Hmm. So I sort of missed this. So so what's the deal with the Walpurgis knocked or whatever? Um, you guys talked about that a little bit during the episode. Uh, oh, yeah. So when uh, Kyoko is in the arcade playing, I think it was called like, dog drug reinforcement which i thought was a really cute little ddr joke yeah it's it's dog dug reinforcement <laughs> dog dug that's amazing yeah when homura comes in and talks to her homura says it's funny because in the japanese one it was much more or the the subtitles here was much more vague it said mm-hmm. like a walpurgis knight is coming to yeah. the city yeah the dub spoils it a little bit you're not supposed to know what it is <laughs> Until uh, Homura explains it later. Okay. Um, So yeah, there is this thing coming. Walpurgis Noct is coming to the city and Homura knows that it's coming. So she's preparing, I guess, to fight this thing. Mm. Uh, And Walpurgis Noct is a real world thing. Uh, uh, There is a saint uh, in the Catholic Church named Walpurgis. And Walpurgis Noct is the night before the the high holiday of uh, uh, Walpurga. So Walpurga is a saint who in the Christian canon uh, lived in Germany and is celebrated for battling pests, rabies, whooping cough, and witchcraft. So I guess the night before or Walpurgisnacht is 
when witches and evil spirits convene. And to counteract that, people get together and light bonfires to kind of scare them away. Mm -hmm. And it looks, I was just looking online, and so that is generally celebrated uh, April 30th and May 1st. Um, and so it might have some connections to May, May Day festivals um, and Beltane. Mm. Okay. So, and the May Day festival is like the spring festival, right? Like we're celebrating the, not the solstice, but the equinox maybe. And we're celebrating like new life and 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 uh, uh, winter finally being over. Mm. And so maybe Walpurgis Noct is the night before that. That's like the turning point, the dark shadow that comes before the bright dawn. Yeah. So going back to the show, so Humura and Kyoko, they make a deal to team up against Walpurgis Noct. Is that what happens? Yeah. And Homura will step aside and let Kyoko be the magical girl in charge of the city if they can do that. Like if they win the fight. Okay. So it, is there, I hope it's not a spoiler, but is there a, a side stuff about Kyoko? Like where, what city she was in before she came? Like, is she coming back to this city? Because you said she's she, coming back. Yeah. Okay. So she learned from mommy in this city. Yeah. She left to a city called Casamino. We never get to see it unless you read a side thing. Um, and even then, you don't get to see a lot of it. But she leaves to go there for reasons that are spoilers, uh, but comes back when she learns mommy is dead. Mm -hmm. And so she thought there was a vacancy. Turns yeah. out that Sayaka makes the contract. But Homura is like outside of this structure. Mm -hmm. In this first scene, which is the culmination of the fight from the last episode, Kyoko calls her an irregular yeah. and says, like, you're using a strange technique, too, which mm -hmm. I thought was awesome. Homura looks like she can blink, like short-range mm -hmm. teleportation, which now that really makes me think about my prediction for her wish, because, like, teleporting is like, you know, switching places with someone or mm -hmm. something. Um, so maybe that is there is some credence to that. So, so we also get this sort of like long scene with uh, Madoka and her mom this episode mm. where, you know, Madoka is basically asking for advice about Sayaka. Like, how do you help this person that is convinced that they're doing the right thing? But, uh, you know, Madoka's mom's advice is basically like sometimes uh, sometimes you, you've got to do something bad when someone thinks they're doing what's good or something like that. Yeah. I like the advice, mm -hmm. like when when the the logic you're dealing with or the system you're dealing with doesn't make any sense, like do something drastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and Madoka really takes that to heart, right? Uh, yeah. And it's weird because in the Japanese version, she says someone always has to be in the wrong. So put yourself in that position for her. That's right. Mm. But in the English dub, she says, go make a mistake so that she'll realize she's making a mistake. Interesting. Slightly different meanings, but yeah. pre pretty along the same track. But she she's essentially saying, like, look, be a mirror for your friend. Mm -hmm. And if she's not listening to you, then show her. Yeah. Okay. Man, I feel so bad for Sayaka. Yeah, the, uh, the series is dunking on her all the time. Even, even when Homura drops a one-liner on Kyoko, Sayaka still comes off as like the one who is the butt of the joke in that scene. Well, yeah. And even in her, so we have this, you know, dichotomy of the magical girl life and mm. the slice of life. And Sayaka's losing on both fronts. Yeah. Like, yes, she got her wish, but Kyosuke didn't let her know that he was leaving the hospital. And like, all she gets is she hears him playing from inside his house for a little bit. That's like, yeah. it's the slightest snippet of a reward for her. And, and so she's like too shy to knock on the door. Is that what happens there? Yeah. And then I guess as she's leaving, then Kyoko's there and threatens Kyosuke's, I guess doesn't threaten to kill him, but threatens to... She's going to go beat him up, break his arms and legs. Yeah. And, and kind of like undo her wish by injuring yeah. him again. And, you know, says like, you know, if you want a guy to love you, make him dependent on you. Don't give him back. Mm. <laughs> functionality of his hands yeah and and she says uh kyoko says if you wish for someone else like it has your wish has to be for you mm -hmm. if it's for someone else it doesn't mean anything and it sounds like she's determined to make that true 
Like, it's not necessarily a hard and fast rule of becoming a magical girl, but like in Kyoko's mind, like, no, 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 this is not something you do. You have done something wrong, Sayaka. Yeah. And, and there's this interesting line, didn't mommy teach you that? Yeah. Mommy did teach her that. There's a line in the second episode where Sayaka, or a third episode where Sayaka says, can I use my wish for someone else? And mommy says, think about why you want to do that before you do. But didn't she say also, like, it's not like it hasn't been done before or something like that? Yeah, she does. But she says, you want to think long and hard about the reason why you're doing it. Yeah, because right. Because I guess it's like maybe her real wish is for this guy to love her. Yeah. Ah, yes. And she's kind of indirectly getting at that by saving him. But that's not what she really wants. Right. Yeah. Which makes it more selfless. But she's also maybe lying to herself about what she really wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that a lot of times when someone's like killed in a series, you know, early on, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a shock tactic, which it kind of was in this, but we kind of forget about that character. Well, now mommy's still very present in the storyline, even though she has died. So like at the, in the, their, their first fight, Sayaka said that thing about mommy. That's why, Mm-hmm. Kyoko turned around and was like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up then. And this time, Kyoko came back and was like, that's how she got a rise out of Sayaka yeah. this time, right? Talking about Mami. They're they're using the same trauma against each other. Mm, sad. So then we get the, the fight scene between Kyoko and Sayaka. They go to this like highway overpass. Homura shows up and Madoka shows up. So we got kind of all the characters in in one place. Uh, I guess Kyubei's there too. Yeah, the gang's all here. Yeah, and before they can come to blows, well, I guess they get interrupted twice because Madoka comes up and 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 keeps Sayaka temporarily from activating her soul gem and like doing mm-hmm. her transformation. And then it looks like she's going to do it again, that the fight's really going to start. But Homura then shot, shows up mm-hmm. and is like, no, 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 no. Kyoko, you don't get to fight. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the reveal for this episode. Yeah. Madoka takes her mom's heart to her advice to heart, and she turns her gauge up to 11 and throws the soul gem off of the bridge, which at first I thought, oh, my God, it's just going to get destroyed on the road by a car. Mm-hmm. But it lands safely on top of a truck. And for a second, too, you see then like uh, Humura kind of like flash and disappear. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. is she like somehow connected to this other soul gem or something but that's her immediately blinking to to go retrieve this soul gem because i guess she knows what's going to go on but it's revealed to the rest of the characters including kyoko who's been a magical girl for a while that Mm. you know this their souls are inside these soul gems and i guess we went over this kind of at the beginning of talking Mm -hmm. about this this episode so we don't need to go through it again yeah, but that's an interesting point is that Homura reacts immediately. Oh, yeah. So maybe she didn't need the speech. She knows that their souls are inside of these gems. Yeah. I also appreciate that when Kyoko thinks that Sayaka is dead, she has she freaks out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for someone who is here explicitly to like kill Sayaka, it's a little weird that she gets scared by Sayaka being dead. Mm-hmm. And then earlier in this scene when Kyoko says I'm here to kill Sayaka and Homura says let me do it I'll do it faster Mm. it reinforces my my notion that like Kyoko is a is a not bad person trying to be a bad person you know she's here for blood she says but the moment that seems like it's become a reality or the moment someone else notices that she's going to get into this fight to the death Things interrupt her and her reactions sort of tell the opposite story of her words. Yeah, I guess, you know, we I think we talked in earlier episodes about how, you know, it seemed like mommy was very lonely, was excited to have these like young magical girls working under her in terms of, you know, Sayaka and and Madoka. And, you know, I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on with Kyoko that maybe I don't know. She wants to use her strength and power to kind of like get Sayaka more on her side than actually kill her Mm. or something Mm. like that. Like just convince her 
that she's right and something like that. The the be, be like me. Yeah, like a, a a much healthier dynamic would be a, a veteran magical girl like Mommy or even Kyoko mentoring younger magical girls. You know, teaching, leading by example, teaching them. But every time that seems like it might happen, there's Kyube mm-hmm. to put a stop to it. And like not directly, but Kyube will like say one offhanded thing to someone and like make them reconsider what they're doing. And I think that's because they're all working for Kyube. Mm-hmm. And he needs to keep it that way. He can't let them essentially unionize because mm-hmm. then maybe his power will be at risk. So so that specific term like unionize is interesting because I, I bring that up in the paper I presented. Interesting. <laughs> because in many ways, like there there is kind of a, an economic component to this. Uh, Homura says in like the third episode that they are competing over grief seeds. And that's kind of why uh, she and mommy don't get along. And that is like, I think part of it, the fact that, it, you know, they are forced not to cooperate in a way that they could. Okay. So like Kyube has a, a direct interest in keeping them all isolated. But it's not mm-hmm. clear why that would be true so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like in the same way that Kyoko is like, oh, wait, for that to develop into a witch so we can get the grief seed, that Kyube would have that same incentive of like, don't kill these things too early since it's also eating the grief seeds. But at the same time, we don't have Kyube trying to convince Sayaka not to fight familiars. Hmm. Well, I feel like he's playing the bigger game. Yes, he at the beginning of or the end of the last episode of the beginning of this one, I guess he should have been telling Sayaka what Kyoko said about the familiar. Mm-hmm. But instead, he let Kyoko be the one to say it. Yeah. And he he implies it at the beginning of six. He says Kyoko is stronger than you because she has more grief seeds than you. Yeah. And that's a very, you know, kind of capitalist winner take all mm-hmm. uh, mentality. And so, man, now that union really fascinating with in this context because of the isolation that's that's taking place mm-hmm. so we get another cliffhanger ending i wrote in my alan that i don't know if either of you has read any alan more but there's this similar concept in one of his earlier works called marvel man which was syndicated mm-hmm. as uh, miracle man because of the uh, problem with the names and marvel comics yeah but uh that is also a deconstructionist work because mm-hmm. this miracle man existed before Alan Moore got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a Superman slash Shazam kind of thing where there was this kid who would say a magic word and he would become the superhero, right? And Alan Moore deconstructed it and he was like, a human body couldn't do that. So what if instead you're actually switching places with a superhuman body? And it's just your brain that stayed in the same place, um, which isn't exactly the same, but it yeah. just gave me the similar feeling to the soul gem concept that it's no longer your body. That's you. It doesn't house all of you, um, which is just a fascinating concept when you think of it, because, you know, we identify with our bodies so greatly. What would it be like to externalize you, you know, and, and we're talking about, AI isn't exactly that concept, but like some of that research is going towards the same idea, right? Of mm-hmm. the ability for someone to upload their consciousness into a computer, therefore externalizing that soul gem. Well, and it's it's like self-objectification in two regards. It turns you into a little Fabergé egg in terms of your soul, the thing that we oftentimes think of as us. And it also objectifies you in that your body is no longer really alive it, it becomes a corpse and so you have like noel carroll's uh, monster theory of monsters are things that defy categories how can you be an object with a soul how can you be a human without one hmm. so it kind of turns you into a monster and that's i think a component of kyoko saying you've turned us into zombies is that what happened it's it's this symbolic transformation that that does make me wonder again about sort of like magical girls versus witches and you know if you know maybe the witch is the stage where you completely abandon your human body and you take on this separate form yeah that's brilliant because 
the witches so far, some of them have taken on humanoid forms, but like one of them was just like a, a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a magical girl who's lost their body. And so they, the construct they make to uh, replace their body isn't necessarily human. Mm. You know, they make it a doll or a computer. And like the symbolism there is really fascinating because it's all of these things that resemble humans or take the place of humans, but aren't a human body. Well, then you have to question like what was going on with Gertrude, right? The the witch from episode two, who is like butterfly wings attached to a weird droopy blob head with roses on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the tree aspect. I think it, it very much looks like a tree. And like, I haven't, found any roots to this but in a lot of japanese media i find well actually not just in that there's myths in like in greece too about like people becoming trees yeah so i don't don't have anything to like point at but it's it's a very interesting symbol to say the least and you're saying that because of the flowers or oh just because gertrude i thought it was a tree Mm. with just like the butterfly wings on it, which like both a tree and a butterfly both have a transformative quality to them. You know, the caterpillar becomes the butterfly, but also the seed, mm. this tiny thing becomes the mighty oak, right? And and what was so interesting about the form to me was that, yet yeah, I thought it would look like a tree, but it looked like a tree that was made to look like a slightly human form, mm-hmm. a bent over frame with this mop of unruly leaves as hair. Yeah. Does it tell us the names of the the witches? It does. When they come up, there are those weird letters, the runes. Mm-hmm. And when the series released, the studio, Studio Shaft, made an app that gave you the rune alphabet and you could type stuff into it and it would translate it. So... Mm-hmm. I know the names of a decent number of the witches, but not all of them off the top of my head. Of the, I think there's four we've seen so far. Uh, Gertrude is the one in episode two, and Charlotte is the one that eats mommy. The doll that turns into the big clown face. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting because in our first episode, we had talked about, was there some sort of AR game that went along (laughs) with this? No, it was too long before. <laughs> you just said that um, when it came out, there was an app, uh, the uh, the translation of those runes or those strange letters, yeah. right? So there was an AR aspect to this. That's uh, sort of. Yeah. You, you yeah. had to like type the name in. So it was entirely manual. And it was basically mm-hmm. like a janky Google Translate that went to their made up <laughs> alphabet. But yeah, a little bit of a mixed media thing. Yeah. Like a similar ways to lane where they had the the game release and the anime release Mm -hmm. okay so the major reveal was that the the soul gem is the soul that it that is what we would call you right that that's that's the magical girl and the body is now a vessel um but and and oh now it makes me think that there will be some sort of conflict where the plan will not to be def- to defeat a magical girl or a witch or something, but instead to get the soul gem mm. away from them to just kind of take away their access to their body and thus neutralize them. Because I guess it didn't go into it here, but I assume that your soul gem can't manifest another body if, if it gets too far away. No. Yeah, you, you have to have something physical there. Okay, but- you're you're saying that that would be a like sort of almost nonviolent way of dealing with some someone. Yeah, like yeah. if you know if Homura turns out to be the big bad or something, or they come up against this Valpergsnacht and it's too powerful to destroy, but someone can just like get a hold of the grief seed and run away with it. Mm. Maybe that would collapse the magic. Mm. Mm. Well. I was curious, Tyler, if you can do it without spoilers, you had mentioned this kind of paper Mm. that you'd presented. Can you give us like the elevator pitch of what that is and maybe like uh, where someone could find it if it's somewhere online? In terms of where it is online, I don't know. I have it so I can send it to people. It is pretty spoiler ridden. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, I would wait until uh, like, you know, you finish the series and probably the third movie. Uh, so okay. there are three movies. Uh, the first two are read caps of the series in a shorter 
time span, so you can skip mm-hmm. the first two. The third one mm-hmm. is called Rebellion. It is the continuation of the anime. Oh, okay, cool. It came out like four years after the anime ended. Y- you can stop with the ending of the anime, but my paper deals with stuff from the movie as well. Um, so I apply the lens of uh, monster theory, which is this basically the idea that the monsters that society creates are a reflection of social anxieties, whether that's deliberate or just something that's incidental. And you can learn something about a society based on how its monsters work um, and what they are. And there's a paper by a guy named Stephen Shaviro about a completely different book where he brings up the idea of the surreal monster. And the thing I started applying it to was witches and the fact that they look so absolutely bonkers in their design. They're even in a different art style than the rest of the series visually and looking at what that meant, but also applying um, Noel Carroll's idea that like monsters are things that defy categories and seeing what else in Madoka Magica defies categorization and there are moments where the magical girls themselves fit that build, right? Where they, uh, like I said earlier, a soul inside of a Fabergé egg. So like a human inside of an object, but also a human body without a soul in it. And Mm -hmm. sort of what those things mean. Um, And part of the conclusion I arrived at is a spoiler. So I will not say anything more at the moment. (laughs) So, So just in general with monster theory, is that like I've heard this thing of like, the same time that zombie movies got popular was when the U.S. was very concerned with like the threat of communism. And so zombies represented these sort of like soulless masses of people that were like that sort of idea. It's it's the same idea, but it's weird because zombies generally represent the opposite of communism. They're often oh, okay. <laughs> as a stand in for capitalism because they're a mindless crowd of consumers. Mm. who mm. do nothing but eat unthinkingly. Uh, but uh, before we uh, uh, sign off, I got to ask you, Tyler, uh, if people want to find more of your stuff uh, uh, online, where can they go to find you? So I haven't really like put out anything online in quite a while. Uh, okay. I, I used to maintain like a literary blog about Madoka. Eventually that transitioned into my actual scholarship. So... Uh, my outlet for not shutting up about this series for over a decade became (laughs) part of my career instead of part of just my hobby. It's it's still basically a hobby, but I get to put it on my CV now. Does the blog not exist anymore? It might. I don't know. It depends on if WordPress took it down after like six years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then uh, if people are enjoying Madoka with us, uh, is there anything you could recommend as like uh, a complimentary series or even something like a come down series for them? If you want trope subversion with the opposite tone, like if you want ma- magical girl trope subversion, but instead of being very heavy and depressing, uh, look up Machikado Mazoku, which the English dub translation is, I think, the demon girl next so- next door. It's from the point of view of the villain of a magical girl anime, but she's also entirely hopeless. She is like super weak. To the point of even for a normal human, she seems like she's kind of out of her league. And it's a it's a comedy series. So it's just a bunch of gags about she's entirely not a threat. And the magical girl of the series is freakishly strong and understands that she's not a threat. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. I love it. Okay. Pen. Pen. Owls. Soul Soul gems are people. people.